Hey, Jenny, what's so great about beer? Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Beer Talk Radio. I am your host, Ginny the Greek, and this is the podcast where we explore craft beer culture with industry experts, microbrew misfits, foodie friends, and ale enthusiasts. Today is a very special episode. I have someone who's very close to me. His name is Chef Ming, and he is the owner and founder of Slippery Fish Catering and Events located in Berkeley, California. I have known him for about two years now. We work together. He trains me with global cuisine, corporate dining, as well as sushi preparation. Welcome to the show, Ming. Thank you, Jen the Greek. It's good to be here. It's been a pleasure working with you these past couple of years, and one of the reasons I wanted you on the show was because not only are you a great chef, but you're also a great leader. You do inspire your staff. You keep the morale here very, very high. And in addition to that, you know so much about food. You educate us about food all the time. Tell us how you got started in the food business. I know it's a really long story. Yes, yes, that's a great question. Um, it started it started when I was young. I started in the food industry when I was nine. My parents owned a Chinese restaurant called Hunan East in New Jersey. And of course, since it was a family business, I had to start working for my parents as a dishwasher. Um, worked at the dishwasher there for th- three years. And on and off for six years and then they kind of slowly worked me up um, the hierarchy um, totem pole after dishwashing it was become uh, learned to become a busboy after a busboy I became a cashier after a cashier I became a server and then after a server I became started training with my dad on, behind the sushi bar and then became a uh, restaurant manager and a bar manager. So it really started from the ground up, very organic. You know, I'll tell you the truth, as a kid, I really didn't like it because all my friends were going out to the beach on the weekends or going to hang out in the city, and I would have to go in the morning, wake up early, and leave to the restaurant with my parents. The only cool thing was, you know, that was the only time I got to hang out with my parents. They were never home growing up. So it's kind of, it's a tough industry. So anytime I wanted to hang out with them, it would mostly be at work. So they weren't around so much for my uh, personal extracurricular activities like sports. But then, you know, so at the age of 15, after I kind of proved myself to my dad, I was, uh, I was able to start rolling. Um, I actually didn't start rolling sushi yet, but I started training behind the sushi bar. And I started training to make sushi rice. So I was on sushi rice for a full year before I was able to touch any vegetables. And then after I learned all the ins and outs of rice and all the variables I could come with, 
Um, you know, sometimes also it gets affected by the humidity in the air. Super hot days, you would leave, you know, the temperature of your water would be different than colder days cooking your rice in the wintertime. So after learning all those little intricate details, I was able to jump on vegetables and learn how to cut vegetables the proper way. And I cut vegetables for a year straight. And I couldn't touch any fish during these first two years. And that was what drove me kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm like, what? I want to, you know, I definitely want to be a true chef and, uh, and cut, cut, um, cut fish. You know, my dad kind of me, taught me the old school way. And what I didn't understand then, I understand now. And I totally appreciate it. So after that, my dad, you know, taught me how to break down fish and cut fish course during that whole time I learned how to roll rolling sushi is pretty it's a simple art and once you understand it and you can teach it I feel like anybody can roll sushi um, the hard part is learning different kinds of fish round fish flat fish um, and different ways of butchering your fish depending on the species mm, all right so from then from 9 to 20 I was basically helping my parents out in their restaurant. I would. Uh, my parents actually, when I was uh, 20, they opened up a sports bar called the Polo Pub. And then I started to um, become a bar manager there. And I used to book live entertainment. Shortly after that, I was, I was managing a funk band from Manhattan called Budo Vuba. It's kind of a collection of Herbie Hancock meets Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. Really funky, really groovy. Makes you want to get up and dance. We played it all around Manhattan at the Elbow Room, the Wetlands, CBGB's, uh, Nightingale, Bar 23, Don Hill. Opened up for Ulu. And then I brought them down to New Jersey for a um, Jersey tour. And then we played back and forth between bars. Um, so this helped me figure out and understand how to book live entertainment okay. and events for my parents' bar. Then eventually after that, of course, that's when I started learning about beers and pairing uh, beers with food. And then pretty soon I had every night going, you know, Monday night was ladies night. Tuesday night we had a local, we had a local pool team. Wednesday night was reggae night. Thursday night was our local dart team. And then Friday night was, was a local band. Saturday night was a regional band, someone I would kind of pull from New York, and then Sundays would be kind of football days and sport days. So that was, I felt like after that experience, it was my full, my full experience of front of the house from food to drinks. When did you come to California? Came to California, drove cross country here in 2015, wanted to learn west coast style sushi and explore my horizons thought i kind of learned all i could out in the east coast of course moving out here as a chef wanted to learn more about wines and wanted to have some experience in napa and sonoma to kind of learn how to pair my food with wines and so that is when i moved out here it's about 13 years ago and you know from here from the beginning, I started to work at um, different sushi bars um, here in San Francisco. And then in 2016, my buddy was opening up a sushi bar in, in Sonoma, downtown Sonoma. It's called Shiso. It was actually 2016 rated best restaurant in Sonoma County 
best re- best new restaurant in Sonoma County. There wasn't there's a lot of Mediterranean food in wine country and not much Asian food. So this was really a really nice uh, touch and a really nice um, change in palates for um, the local region. And then from there, I, of course, I got to drink almost too much wine because you get all these. We're not going to go there. Because you have all these wine vendors that come every day in between your lunch in between your lunch rush and dinner rush, and they want to do tastings, they want to sell you something. A little side note is that what I learned, Sonoma has some of the best soil and sun to grow grapes, and some of these reps also are like, you know, we also grow some of the best cannabis. And so they would offer me a little cannabis after the wine tastings. It was fun at first, and then I realized, you know what, it, when that happens, it's basically nap time, um, and it makes it harder for the dinner. So what most people don't know is that Sonoma County and Napa County are not just wine country, they are also weed country. I have a similar story. When I first moved up there, I actually moved to Heldsburg, which is north of Santa Rosa. Heldsburg is where, when I first moved to the Bay, I actually lived on a grow. Moved down to Santa Rosa, did some trimming for a couple of months. So unless you live in California, most people don't know, but this is common knowledge if you live out here. (laughs) Ming. I can see that you've had a very long career in food starting since you were nine years old. But if you take that away, if you take what your family, family business away, if you take away the business you have now, if you couldn't make any money cooking, why would you still be so passionate about food? What is it about food that gets you excited? What does food really do? Food for me brings people together. And that's one of my favorite things. The most satisfying thing for me is is, you know, cooking or making some sushi for somebody and then passing over the nigiris over my sushi bar to to the client or the customer or the friend and watching them enjoy the food and sometimes even making weird orgasmic moans and groans. <laughs> and if they do, that makes my day. And that's when I'm like, you know what? That 14-hour day was 100% worth it just to hear that groan and moan. Because what that means to me is that I was able to make somebody's day a little brighter and a little tastier and a little, and a little nicer. So my favorite thing in life is to travel. And I like to travel. And what do I do when I travel? I like to experience different cultures through their food and music. That, to me, equals love. Food made with love always tastes better. Calories, carbs, fat, protein, sodium, sugar, glycemic index, paleo, gluten-free, micros, macros, vegan, raw vegan, 30, 30, 40. When does the dieting madness stop? Now, in my experience, it's not lack of willpower that is the reason for most people failing on their diets. In our grab-and-go society, people just don't know how to cook anymore. They don't know how to shop properly, and most significantly, they don't know how to stay on a budget in order to stay consistent on their clean eating plan. That's why I have created a 90-minute interactive workshop called Clean Eating on a Budget to assist gym owners in helping their members help themselves. Whether you own a CrossFit box, a dance studio, or you're a coach leading a team of athletes into a competition, my delicious workshop can give even the worst cook a recipe for success. I am Chef Ginny. My phone number is 702-983-4492. 
Give me a call and let's help your team get back their dietary sanity. What brands of beer do you enjoy? I enjoy lagers and IPAs. My lagers, um, I was in Prague. I was traveling in Prague in the Czech Republic. And it was these ice cold lagers. Why am I spacing on Pilsner or Kell? Yes, that is... Is that the one that starts with a U? Pilsner or Kell, yes. Yep, Pilsner or Kell. One of my most memorable beers when I was traveling, uh, backpacking through Europe. I grew up in the East Coast, so we love, uh, my favorite beer growing up as a kid was Beck's. I like bitter beers. And then as I became a sushi chef, Japan, the Japanese has a beer called Hitachino's. It's brewed Belgium style, like a Belgium ale. And um, it's a it's a white ale brewed in Japan, but it actually accompanies um, tempura very well in the cruise. Well, you did mention beer pairing. So can you describe to me a dish that you put together and the style of beer that you put with it? And you can use maybe two or three examples if you can think of. But if you only have one example, that's fine, too. The dish. Okay. One of the first dishes summertime we're in san francisco we're by the water so one of the first dishes comes to my head is just our beer battered fish and chips Um, we use local lingcod or local halibut here in our fish batter we add asahi beer Um, typically in batter when you add bubbles to it like kind of uh, baking soda it makes your batter a lot fluffier and lighter and also the aroma of the beer Um, a second dish You know, we're in the West Coast. We cook a lot of Mexican dishes here. So we have a Corona lime shrimp. When I have our Corona lime shrimp, I think of summer and beach. The next dish I could think of as we go into the fall season would be our Oktoberfest menu, which we cook smoked bratwurst and we braise. We make our own sauerkraut and then we like to braise our sauerkraut in Hefeweizen beer. And that gives it that true aroma, that hardiness, um, and kind of cuts that kind of meaty porkiness of the smoked bratwurst. The last thing, like I was saying, um, the hitachinos. Hitachinos would, would, is what I would suggest for people eating um, tempura. Shrimp tempura, veggie tempura, pork katsu, anything that's kind of lightly fried. Um, it's got such a nice... So, Chef, I can't let you go without mentioning what it's been like to work for you these past two years. Although I'm not working for you full time, I will say one of the greatest joys that I've had in my career has been working for you. And it's not just because you pay me well. It's not just because it gives me an opportunity to fly back to my home state and uh, visit old friends. It's because of the way that you keep the morale so high in the kitchen. And every time I walk in, the energy in the kitchen is just collaborative and cooperative. It's a drama-free kitchen. You are a very, very organized person, very alpha, very OCD, which is great because I'm the same way. I get it. When I look at your menu, 
it's not overwhelming. It makes sense. And not everybody has the kind of mental capacity to understand the details that you put into your food and the details that you expect your staff to execute. I love how patient you are. Even this week, you know, when I knocked over that pan of shrimp, you didn't start screaming at me. You didn't get mad. We picked it up. We fixed the problem. We sweeped the floor and we moved on with life. And I can tell you as someone in my mid 30s, that's definitely something I appreciate. I don't know if some of the kids that you hire can appreciate you, but having been in this business for a while now, I've worked for so many psychos and I've worked for so many completely disorganized chefs who cannot train, cannot educate, cannot lead. So I just wanted to compliment you and tell you how much I appreciate that about you. You know, even when you talked to me about the broccoli this week, the Chinese broccoli, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't go to culinary school. And even if I did, they probably don't teach that part of world history. So, you know, you bring a lot to the table and you're a pleasure to work for. And I just wanted to thank you so much for being a part of my life and keeping me in your kitchen. And um, do you have any... uh, Do you have any tips for any other chefs or entrepreneurs out there who would like to be doing what you're doing? Jenny, first of all, that means a lot to me and that means the world to me. And that that again just, you know, shows the fact of why I love this industry and I love what we do, because after the food, it's the people, it's the people that you fall in love with and it's the people that make you and make you rise and uh, make you a better person. So. You know, I definitely appreciate that. I'm getting goosebumps from from those comments, and and now uh, it's definitely definitely very heartfelt. And um, so, um, some insight in that is, of course, do do what you love, and how how are you going to figure out, you know, how to do what you love? Um, just be honest with yourself. If you're honest with yourself from the morning you get up to the time you go to bed, you're always going to succeed, and then. You know, then to become a, sh- a good chef in that world, A, you have to work on your skills. And once your skills are up, after that, for me, it's becoming organized. And um, you have to prove to your staff that you're more organized and more on top of things than they are, or they're not going to kind of, res- they're not going to respect you and, and listen to you. Um, for me, too, I also, I like to touch everything. I need to be a part of every food that's going out. I like to touch and taste and make sure everything is cut and prepared well, seasoned well. Um, you know, people like to eat with their eyes. Things need to, you know, we cook with colors, with different seasons. Um, things need to taste delicious, but also look sexy as well. Um, and most importantly, you know, what I teach my managers is always always give positive reinforcement. Um, you know, whatever we do, we should always start off because whatever we do, good or bad, we're always doing something good first and then we could always learn what we're doing bad and fix it. So let's always push the point and show um, our staff or your employees or your fellow uh, chefs how do we... Um, how do we let them know they did something well first and they did something great and then and then show them hey well you know there was something you're a little slow on or something try it this way try cutting it that way or try folding it this way and it just might make your food come out a little nicer or prettier 
So those are key components. Um, lastly, I think that's it for right now. Mm, all right. Yeah. Do you want your kids to be chefs? Yes or no? My kids, actually, that's a great question. I have two boys. They're seven and the other one's nine. And my kids have no choice but to actually understand the philosophy of becoming a chef. So uh, as of now, they've already acquired their first sushi knives and they learned how to cut some vegetables. And, um, and you know, they're actually great cleaners. For any chef out there, if you're a great chef, you also need to be able to clean your kitchen um, twice as well as you cook. <laughs> so that is just a no-brainer. So my kids are already on that path. And the big thing for them is, you know, you want to make it fun. Because um, food pe brings people together. And if it's not fun, then, you know, it's really not worth it. So, you know, for them at that age now, it's, you know, coming up with dishes that, you know, bring back a nostalgic feeling for when they become older. Um, so yes, my kids, they might not become professional chefs, but they definitely will learn how to cook, um, butcher fish, and, um, and, and work on their knife skills. All right. Thank you so much, Chef Ming. The servers are leaving. Awesome. Coolio. Good job, buddy. I'll see you Monday. I told you he keeps the morale high. Thanks again, Chef Ming. Thank you, Jen the Greek. First of all, you look fabulous today, like always. And it's it was such a pleasure to come to the show and talk to everybody. Once again, thank you so much for joining us today on the Beer Talk Radio Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and like on iTunes. And if you would like to leave comments for me, follow me on Twitter, Beer Talk FM Radio. Find me on LinkedIn, Jennifer Heathers Eon. Or you can join our Facebook group page where you can post all the beers that you like to drink. But I don't expect you to remember all of that. So just log on to our website, www.beertalkradio.net. There's a place there where you can drop your email and join the newsletter. And if you'd like to contact me directly, I am Ginny at beertalkradio.net. Thanks for drinking with me today and have a great one.